Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we will break down NFL Week 15. The Chiefs end their two-game skid with a not a great win over the Patriots, but a win is a win, so we'll get into that a little bit, and then we'll dive into NFL Week 16. Full 16-game slate this week. We've got some Christmas games, some Christmas Eve games. It's that time of year. Shit's getting a little hectic. There's basically a game on every day. And then we will get into the Royals because they have been very, very active in the free agent market. And we will get into some of the newest signings and kind of what we think about the season upcoming before we can do any of that. Josh, uh, it is crunch time. We have three weeks to go. We need to know the standings. What is everyone sitting at? To be honest, I have no idea. I don't know how our order is going to go this week. I think I'm in last now. How the hell do you uh, not know? You're the one who tracks it. No, I do last. know. I, I, well, okay, here. These are the standings. John's 11 and 4. I'm 8, 5, and 2. Jackson's 8, 6, and 1. John is 7 and 8. I'm 0 and 15 in Underdog of the Week, and Jackson's 3 and 12. <laughs> I think so John, with that logic, me, I'm last. Oh, I'm basically 9 and 6? Yeah. Or nine, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then Jackson is still last. Sounds good to Correct? me. Yes, he is. So you're you're eight five and two. Is that what you said? Yeah. And I'm, I'm eight yeah. five and two. And you're I'm... eight six and one. There is a real, real, real pro. Like, I would say more than fifty percent chance that I do a two mile beer mile. You're getting there. Yeah, mm. it is. It is getting close. Um, you're definitely probably going to have to do the Man. the first one. You're, you're I'm at least going to have to do a half. I'm a guaranteed two, half. Two miles is not going to happen. That's not – I don't even think that's possible. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to try. Like, I'm not – you're not going to no. – if you have – if you do finish last, like, I don't care if you puke. Like, you got to keep trying. It's, it's just going to be the reality of the situation. I just can't get lo- – I just can't get – I can't get last in lock of the week. Yeah, and I'm, I'm approaching. I'm, I'm last week's Buffalo game really helped me there. Well, let's get into it. Thursday night football. Saints at Rams. Rams are four-point favorites. Yeah, man. Congratulations, everybody. Oh, yeah. Rams Rams have hit their over. Good job, everybody, with three weeks to spare. There we go. Shout out Puka Nakua. Yes. Shout out uh, Matthew Stafford. Shout Sean McVay for that one. Um, pair of seven and seven teams here, although it feels like the Rams are a much better seven and seven team than the Saints. Um I like the Rams in this spot, short week at home. Stafford has been playing over the last month, ever since he came back from injury, really, really good football. Like, if he didn't get hurt, and if he wasn't injured the first half of the year, like MVP-level football, I really like the Rams right now. I think that they're a team that, if they get in at that 7 or that 6 seed, could be an issue for a team like Philadelphia in the opening round of the playoffs. So I... Give me the Rams here. Uh, I think they're trending in the right direction. You say for Philadelphia. Philadelphia might not even get that game. That's, but I mean, we'll get yeah. to that later. Yeah. With that being said, I agree with everything Jackson said. And I don't think the Saints team has been playing good football recently. I don't know how they're 7-7, seven seven, but they are. We all know the Rams are a really, really good football team. And with all that being said, let's get into the holiday season. It's time to break the record. I know, I know someone's done it on this podcast for Thanksgiving Day, but no one has done a lone survivor Thursday night football lock of the week lone win. Mm. Give me the Rams minus four lock of the week. <laughs> this oh, line man. is, 
I, I, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't care. I think the Rams have, are playing really good football. Jackson said Matthew Stafford's looking like an MVP quarterback. Now it's too late with all that being said, yes. But I think what we also have to be looking at too is ever since Kyron Williams returned, this has been a different Rams team. When he got hurt, the Rams weren't able to move the ball on the ground. And when they're able to move the ball on the ground, no one you can't just put keep relying on the pass game, which then allows defenses to be uh, playing further back for a pass uh, game. They don't know what the Rams are going to do because they have two really good wide receivers in Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. But then you add someone like Kyron Williams, who's having a really good year, who's missed four or five games this year, still has almost 1,000 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. All that being said, I think this Rams team is playing really good football at the right time, and I think they I think they can win by at least five against the Saints. I will say this. I'm starting to get in the territory where I can't get a push, if I'm correct. Yeah, um, I don't mind the pick from Josh outside of it being a Thursday night. Uh, you know how that you know how that should go sometimes. It's not always the best situation. Um Having said that, I, I I like the pick. I'm not looking at Saints underdog of the week, even though it's not a terrible spot to look, and there's not necessarily a lot of great opportunities this week. Um, ooh, shit. Maybe I am looking down the line. <laughs> say, there's really only three games that you can really pick. <laughs> three or four. There's, there's like six opportunities, but. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, you know, I'll leave it around because I think there's a couple that I like. I, I just like the Rams in this. Uh, everybody said it. Nothing I can say it hasn't been said. Playing good football at this moment. Uh, and they're in the heat of a playoff uh, playoff battle here. And I think this is a game where they really need to flex their muscles and get the job done uh, to keep the pace and kind of knock New Orleans out of the race a little bit, I think, if they get the win here. So, yeah, I, I like the Rams here. I think they'll take care of business on this Thursday night. All right, moving into Saturday, we have a couple games. Bengals at Steelers. Steelers are or Bengals are two and a half point favorites. I mean, this is to me a classic Mike Tomlin spot at home, underdog in the division against a backup quarterback. They, I mean, last week it looked like what I thought it would to start thirteen nothing Pittsburgh. They got out to that start against a bad team, or I guess you know Indy's okay, but. You know, they were, looked like they were going to rebound off of a loss, and then out of nowhere, I mean, they just got 30 hung on them out of nowhere. I like them better in this spot in Pittsburgh. I'll take the Steelers to win this game. I just think this Jake Browning shit will come to an end eventually. Uh, I think this is a spot that it could. I'm vice versa. I think the Bengals crushed the Steelers here. The Steelers on their third-string quarterback. Uh, with all that being said, I mean, like I said last week, keep giving Jake Browning more time with this offense. They're only going to keep clicking. With this being said, there is a chance Jamar Chase doesn't play, which would be a really big factor in betting this game. Probably stay away from betting this game, but if I had to pick a line, I would I would tend to side with Bengals minus two and a half. Joe Mixon has continued to just look really, really good in the past few weeks. Man, 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 man. Um, the Jamar Chase situation kind of messes with me here, but I really think this is a misplaced line either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe this is it feels like a trap. That's the scariest thing. It feels a lot like a trap. Um, but the Steelers have just been garbage recently. Uh, last week they had one of the dirtier hits I've ever seen. Um, pretty insane. Uh, and yeah, it just it hasn't really gone well for them. Um, the the Mike Tomlin streak looks to be in some pretty clear jeopardy here. 
Um, I know there's a chance. Is there not a chance? Can he pick it, please? Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm no, missing they something. Already, they already announced Mason Rudolph is uh, replacing Mitch Trubisky this week. Oh man, man, man. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go Bengals minus two and a half lock mm. of the week. Um. <laughs> uh, I no like I hate picking a line really early, but I agree with these first two lines and what John said. Like these if, are both really good picks. If there's um, if if honestly, man, I think I'd rather see Trubisky than Mason Rudolph. Uh, I think Rudolph's better, believe it or not. Trubisky is terrible. It was pretty difficult to watch last week. Um, but yeah, it just feels like the wheels are starting to fall off for the Steelers. Um, it's an in division game. I know Jackson loves the home division dog or the home division dogs. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the Bengals kind of have it figured out. They got a little offensive production going last week. Um, and yeah, they did need a little bit of a bailout to get the win. Um, but I think they can get another three slip by with another three point victory here, um, and keep their season going for the time being. So I'm going to take them. Um, I, 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 I like it. It just, it just feels like a trap. That's my biggest, um, biggest thing that makes me not want to take this is that it feels like a trap. Saturday night game, Bills at Chargers. Bills are 10.5-point favorites. Obviously, Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco were out the door after that atrocious 63-21 uh, to 21 loss on Thursday night football to the Raiders. Um, you know, normally, when a team fires their head coach, I'm really in on them the next week. I really like their chances, not necessarily to win, but to cover specifically. But in this instance, I don't really like the Chargers at all because of the spot. Um, this is a Bills team who looks like they're peaking at the right time. And the one thing I've given the Bills shit on for the past few years is they are so Josh Allen reliant and they have zero running game. But last week against Dallas was the complete opposite of that, and which was really impressive. Josh Allen only threw for 94 yards. They ran for over 200 as a team. That, that that's a winning formula. That that's how you win. So I like Buffalo in this spot. This Chargers team, man, they better get this head coaching hire right this offseason, or we're looking at Herbert becoming Detroit Matthew Stafford. I don't know if you go that far. I think I think the I think Justin Herbert and the Chargers realize like they have a really good team, and I, I don't think the Lions have ever had a good team. I think they just need to get the right coaching, and that coaching is probably Bill Belichick, which is really fucking scary, but it's neither here or there. With that being said, I think the Bills crushed the Chargers here. I was I I just I don't want this Bills team in the playoffs, dude, and it's looking like they're gonna be in the playoffs. So with that being said, give me the Bills. I think the Bills cover here too. Uh yeah, I, I like the Bills here as well. Um I'm gonna Kind of stay away from this line. As much as the Chargers played a terrible game last week, um, I don't know what the status on Keenan Allen is because that obviously makes a big difference. Um, makes a huge difference, especially for playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, which, God, that sent me home this past week. Um, that was great. Um, and, man, I I really feel like the Bills – are getting a little bit too much of their flowers given to them here. Uh, the amount of times I've heard people say the Bills are the best team in the NFL this past week, or or the best team in the AFC, rather, is pretty crazy. I've heard a lot of people say the Bills should be a two-loss, three-loss team or whatever, um, while people have kind of completely written the Chiefs off 
um, in two teams that have had relatively similar seasons. Um, but in the case of the Bills, it's just sometimes Josh Allen is an absolute dumbass. Um, and, you know, I think the Bills got away with one in that game against the Chiefs. I'm less afraid of them than other people. I want to say that. I, I, um, I, I do like them to win here, though. But I, just as a general note, think the Bills have gotten way too much credit for back-to-back wins. Okay. To Christmas Eve we go. Packers at Panthers. Packers are five-point favorites. Yeah, um, I'm never touching a Green Bay line with Joe Barry as defensive coordinator. How the fuck this guy still has a job is beyond me. Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating against the Packers. The Buccaneers were 70% on third down. The Packers forced one punt in four fucking quarters. It's ridiculous. This dude has to go. I mean, at this fucking point, I expect this game to be... I like Carolina's a terrible offense. They put up nine points, six points the last two weeks. Fucking get ready for them to put up 24 this week. I'll take Green Bay because I've liked what I've seen out of Jordan Love recently. He's really looked good. But goddamn, this organization, if they don't get rid of Joe Barry, is so incompetent. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, I'm pretty sure you predicted the Panthers to win last week, which is pretty insane. Well, Arthur Smith's uh, a fucking idiot. Like, I'll bet against Arthur Smith yeah. any day of the week. Like, oh, I, my roommate calls him a terrorist. He is. He is a football terrorist. Like, he is a dumbass. He is a terrorist. He deserves to get fired. He will get fired. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. If the Falcons win the division, I don't think he gets fired. But They're not going to do like that it, because they just lost it, the goddamn Panthers. Said, I'm, I'm going to take the Packers. Like, no way. <laughs> no way. Uh. Bryce Young makes it two in a row. I will say this. I did see a stat, and uh, everything but wins and losses through the first 10 games, Colin Coward pointed this out. Uh, Bryce Love, not Bryce Love. Bryce Young. <laughs> Bryce Young is having a better uh, start to his career than uh, Trevor Lawrence did with Jacksonville. So it's just an interesting stat. Just an interesting stat, but it's a stat that's being thrown out there. Now, with all that being said, I still think Trevor Lawrence is better than uh, Bryce Young, but... Give me the Packers. Well, I think one thing we learned is that Trevor Lawrence isn't actually that good this past week. Um, the And remember that that first oh. season was the the Urban Meyer circus show. Um, but look, I got to say, man, I'm going to make this all about Arthur Smith. I own B. John Robinson in fantasy um, <laughs> and had just a fucking miserable crash out in the playoffs this week. My running backs were both – I had three running backs playing – James Cook was my flex, which was fantastic. Um, but my other two running backs were Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson, who combined for a whopping 3.4 points. Um, and one of them was my first-round pick. So, Arthur Smith, sincerely, dude, I hope you never get another job. I hope your career is torpedoed. I can't believe that the Atlanta Falcons has spent so much first-round draft capital on offensive weapons. Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts. None of them get any production. It's unbelievable to me. Um, Arthur Smith should be sent right to the door yesterday. He should have been fired after that game. Whether he wins the division or not, it doesn't matter. Because when you look at the the roster that they've constructed in Atlanta, outside of quarterback, that is far and away the best team in that division. Um, and Arthur Smith has pissed it away. He's an absolute loaded offensive staff, um, and it's just, it's just youth for nothing. Um, and it's it's honestly shameful. It is it is an embarrassment to the sport. Um, I don't even remember what game we're picking. Is this Panthers Packers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Packers because only Arthur Smith could make that. Probably the Panthers, who are literally one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Um, I I don't think the Packers are gonna slip up again like they did last week. Um, and Jackson, I half expected to get a uh, Jordan Love can't do shit tweet from you, but I didn't see one, so I have to applaud it. I don't put Sunday on Jordan Love. I thought he played great. I, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. The fucking defense is atrocious. Like, I don't know. Jair Alexander's missed the last six weeks, and they have really, after trading Rasul Douglas to Buffalo, no corner worth talking about. So it is basically the only way Green Bay was going to win that game last week is if they never punted once. And that is asking a tall task out of any offense, specifically an offense that's as young as Green Bay's. But no, I mean, Jordan Love on the season, I mean, 25 touchdowns, 11 picks. I, I'll take that out of a first-year starter any day of the week. If they, will, they had a competent this, defense, they would actually be probably in the playoffs. Do you – how bad – what What do the Packers need in the draft? Is it a receiver? Do they still need that no, guy? No, or, no, Are you happy no, with your core? No, no. They, no they've got a solid I think they're set at receiver. I mean, you know, Christian Watson gets hurt all the time, but you have – Jaden Reed, who's looked really good. Dobbs is solid. Uh, yes. Dontavion Wicks, yes. dude, they took this year. Looks really nice. Yes, and that's, that was what I was going to bring Musgrave up. Musgrave and Tucker Craft, the two tight ends they took yeah. this year, both Tight also end committee produced. is very nice over there, too. I'd argue, so where, I'd argue they need, and I hope they don't do it first round, but I'd argue the thing they're missing the most is running back. Jones is just absolutely decimated by it. Do they let him walk? I think they're going to have to cut him after this year. The the salary cap would suggest it. But, no, I mean, I could see them going a multitude of directions. They could definitely use uh, another corner. They could definitely use another linebacker. Safety is horrible right now. So th- there, there's a bunch of pieces, which is frustrating as hell because in the last 10 years, they've spent 12 first-round picks on the defensive side of the ball. And have you ever said the I mean, Packers' defense is good? No. No. When in the last decade have you thought the Packers had a good defense? Now it hasn't happened. Uh, it, was, it was damn good that year that they went like fourteen and two and Rodgers won the MVP. No, I was gonna say I thought they had a, I thought they were yeah, good. The thing with the them. let's not rewrite that one. That was no, good defense. No, they were the only thing that they were good in is that they were decent in points per game, but every other metric they were absolutely like it, it, they haven't had a good enough defense to win a Super Bowl in the last decade. They just haven't. The last... Man, man, come on, come on. They were they were Here, here's their defense ranked... away from winning the 2021 Super Bowl. With Here a plen- their, with... Here's their defense in points per game since, uh, when do you want me to go from? 2019, 2018? We'll go 19. The first year Lafleur was there. So sure. in points per game in 2019, they were ninth, which is good, but then they gave up 200-plus rushing yards in the NFC title game to the 49ers. 2020, they were 13th. 2020, they were 2021, they were 14th. And 2022, they were 17th. So they've really they've been okay. But they – when you spend – Those can all win you a Super Bowl if you're paying Aaron Rodgers, though. God damn first-round picks in the last decade on defense. You expect it to be top 10. It's just yeah, not good. I would enough. agree with that. And this yep, year's not, defense – the points per game are fugazi. It's bullshit because they've just—I mean, they play a. They played the Stafford, the Rams without Stafford. If Stafford plays in that game, I mean, we're talking drastically different. Uh, the Chargers, when they played Green Bay, had like a multitude of just what the fuck drops. Um, you know, the the game against the Chiefs, the penalty they didn't call probably would have led to more points. Like, I don't care. Like, they are so so bad. And this dude, my main gripe is Joe Barry was never good. He was the defensive coordinator on the 0-16 Lions. 
How this guy keeps getting jobs, I don't understand. Green Bay this year is 22nd in yards per play on defense, 25th in expected points added, 22nd in takeaways, 26th in passer rating, 29th in picks, 22nd in sacks, 28th in rush yards a game, 21st in scoring percentage, 25th in adjusted yards per attempt, 25th in third down percentage, and 31st in plays per drive. They're fucking horrible at everything. They are just... I'm sorry I had to get that out, but like they are fucking horrible at everything. So yeah, more than anything that they need, they need a new defensive coordinator because this is just bullshit. They are bottom 20 in every fucking metric outside of points per game. <sighs> okay, fuck Joe Barry. That's my... That's my th- I was hoping so bad he was fired when I woke up on Monday morning. Let's move on. Browns at Texans. Texans are two and a half point favorites. I don't know if Stroud's playing or not, but either way, I don't really like this game. Um, Flacco's looked decent for Cleveland. They kind of got away with one against Chicago, but, you know, it is what it is. It's the Bears. They give up games all the time. I'll take Houston in a close one. The Browns' defense has just not been as good on the road this year as it has been in Cleveland. So I'll take Houston, and I, I should ex- I would expect Stroud is back. Yeah, I would assume Stroud is back, and for that reason, too, I'm going to go Houston. It's going to be Stroud's uh, first, like, test in a natural environment without Tank Dell. I don't know. I mean, for some odd reason, we all kind of saw the trap game against the Jets coming, but this is going to be his first, like, test where it's like, I don't know. Well, we don't really know what to expect. So I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, I've got the Texans to win this one. Um, I think kind of keeps him afloat here. The playoff race in the AFC is getting a little bit bit spicy now. and yeah, that that seven spots kind of up for grabs. But if the Browns lose, then it really becomes a congested group. Um, yeah, I, I I like the Texans here. However, I really don't hate the Browns winning uh, solely for the fact that I think it's funny for them to kill their draft position in a year where they can't actually win the Super Bowl. Um, maybe you should have made less questionable decisions than giving Deshaun Watson the keys to everything. Uh, so pretty, pretty funny in terms of the Browns having egg on their face. I think Cleveland would be an interesting playoff team if they got in. I yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I, that they're. They, they can't. They can't. What do you mean interesting? Like they can win a. They can beat the the four seed. They can beat the Jaguars. I mean that's I'm, probably it, man. I'm saying they give any. They could give a team trouble. Like they. I would not be surprised. <laughs> the way they play football. They could give somebody trouble. It, now, the hard part is they're not going to be in Cleveland, and that's a huge deal because they're great at home. Defensively, they're not the same on the road. But, I mean, they're a team that I don't think too highly of, but I wouldn't be surprised if they gave someone a really hard time on Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, I mean, I can see. I just don't think there's been a team that with this kind of build that's actually made a playoff run in a long time. Uh, I just think it's a little hey, unlikely. January Flacco is a different breed. Duh, no, let's not do yes, this. Remember yes. the time that? No, 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 hey, no. Don't, don't. You can't, you can't dispute the numbers. He is a playoff hey, hey. god. Did he, did he save them in Lamar's rookie season though? Because they tried to, they tried to have Joe Flacco remedy the problem, and it did not work. Hey, he's yeah, t- and then Lamar came back in the playoffs and lost. Yeah, that was Lamar in the playoffs. Flacco yeah. didn't play. Did they not like put put Flacco in in that game though? I'm pretty sure no, they did. No, no, no. Lamar played okay. the whole game. I thought there was a sequence where Lamar got benched and 
Yeah, I'm looking at right. I'm looking at Joe Mr. Flacco's Mr. playoff stats right now, and he has no stats past 2014. So it has to be okay. See, then there's the answer to your question. There's the answer to your question. <laughs> playoff God, years. Joe Flacco, 25 touchdowns, All 10 right. picks. That's a playoff. Hey, he's a god when he gets to the playoffs, John. It's just really hard for him to get. To yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's the that's exactly right. He just hasn't gotten to the playoffs, but he when he gets to the playoffs, I, your money should be on Joe Flacco to win. Yeah, man, all stats pre the Royals' first appearance in the playoffs of our <laughs> lifetimes should not be counted. He's 10-5 and five in the playoffs straight up as a quarterback, but I digress. Two teams that have no worries about the playoffs, the Commanders at the Jets. The Jets are three-point favorites. Pass. On to the next game. See, if this was three and a half, <laughs> are you not picking? I, I don't care. Like, I don't have a pick. I, if this was three and a half, I would have I would have done underdog of the week. But it's not. So, give me the Jets. Man, this was probably my second pick for lock of the week. The commanders <laughs> are just terrible. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a situation over there, man. And it's not like they have really anything. Uh, it's not like they have a new coach that's trying to rile the team up, you know, like the Raiders did this past week. Um, I think the Jets roll them. Honestly, I really like that this line in favor of the Jets. Yeah. Seahawks at Titans. Seahawks are two and a half point road favorites in Tennessee. Oof, this is an interesting one. I don't buy that Drew Locke could ever do that again. But at the I same, don't think he's going to be playing. Hey, who even knows, right? Like, it could be Geno. I don't like picking games that I don't know the quarterback. We don't even know if Levis is playing. So it's mostly a pass for me, but I will say if it is Levis, I would take Tennessee. The season does not mean you can just start passing games. You, I didn't pass on it. I, I said you... if it's Levis, I'll take the Titans. What if it isn't? Then I'd probably... What if it's Locke versus Tannehill? I'd probably... Fuck it, I'd probably still go with Tennessee. I like Tennessee in this spot. They're a good home team. You just, you just hate Drew Locke. All right. I don't I hate Drew Locke. I just think that the Seahawks are not nearly as good as they showed, and they are catching too many points on the road. Yeah, uh, no, give me the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, I like the Seahawks here. Um, if it's it, the Jackson does make an okay point. I think it has to do a lot with matchups. Presuming that it's Geno versus Levis, I like the Seahawks. But it does have to be said, um, Drew Locke didn't even necessarily have a fantastic game. I think no one's really thinking yeah. that. You no. watch the whole thing. No. Um, but but he definitely gets the like the props and honestly the performance of the week for me because I have never, ever seen a quarterback throw that many lead blocks on running plays. <laughs> that guy was out there. And that's what every backup quarterback should look like, man. He was out there, tooth and nail, everything for the team, and it it paid off for him in the end. Um, and it was honestly one of the more entertaining regular season football games I've seen in a while, um, because people for some reason can't wrap their heads around the fact that the Eagles are not good. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Um, I picked the Seahawks on the podcast last week, and I only didn't make it my underdog of the week because I quote unquote wanted to stunt on them hoes by taking the Jets, which was a terrible decision. <laughs> um, yeah, I I um, really do not believe in the Eagles. I, I think they've been given too much credit in the bank for things that they did last season. Um, and also, 
I hate them, man. Like they, they, I look. Kadarius Tony gets a penalty for lining up offsides. Did you guys see the video of Jason Kelsey moving the ball forward, yeah, yeah. like right as the ref spotted it? Dude, the Eagles are the the officiating darling of the NFL. Lane Johnson never gets called for a false start. It's crazy. It's just all fucking ridiculous, and it drives me insane. Um, so yeah, I would love to see the Eagles fall. Um, and, and by the way, a lot of Eagles fans still complain about the hold in the Super Bowl, where I believe it was James Bradbury literally said that he held, um, which is just insane that people still talk about that call. So the Eagles need to, uh, need to go and time out for a little bit. Um, but I, uh, we haven't even gotten there. We're... Yeah. And I don't even know who I'm picking. I keep going on side rants. Yeah. I, I, I said, uh, I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah. Okay, next game, Colts at Falcons. Falcons are one-point favorites. Heineke's getting the start, thank the Lord, because I could not watch Desmond Ritter ever again. I just can't. I hope Desmond Ritter never plays another snap of football in his life. He is so dreadful to watch. Um, Man, if Arthur Smith was not coaching this team, this would be like my easiest lock ever. Um, But I can't trust him. I just cannot trust him. For some reason, Tyler Algier will get 23 carries and Bijan will get two. And for some reason, Janu <coughs> Smith will get 15 targets and Pitts will get none. And for some fucking reason, Drake London will get like three targets, but they'll make sure that Scotty Miller gets 10. Look, I am off of Atlanta. I'm picking them, but I can't put any stakes into a moron. I will not put any stakes. I could only blame myself if I picked an Atlanta Falcons lock of the week at this point. Yeah, I'm picking the Colts. I think the Colts are looking really good. Uh, credit to uh, what's his name, Striken? Striken. 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 Done really good things with the Colts, even without a starting quarterback, which is really impressive. Uh, hopefully, they get Jonathan Taylor back, not just for them, but for me as well. To yeah. The semifinals. Of, <laughs> I gotta of the say, you don't playoff. give a shit outside of that. But <laughs> with that being said, uh, oh yeah, speaking of that, I didn't even send you guys this. I even had to send DeAndre Swift yesterday a little motivation mm. to get eight fucking points, and he barely got it for me. <laughs> Without me, some people say the uh, DeAndre Swift wouldn't have got eight points. Uh, Hero. I sent Swift yesterday. I said, hey, DeAndre, just want to give you a little bit more motivation here for tonight's game. I need you to score eight points for me to go in the semifinals of the playoffs. I've ridden with you this whole year, and why stop now? We have a championship to go win. And I hope, this, I, yes, hope he, he I hope he DMs you back. Fuck you. Josh, probably, yeah, Josh, man, you you have too many times on this podcast admitted to being one of the cringy oh, I know. I, comments on I do athletes it. I do it over <laughs> bet slash fantasy, dude. It's the, it, I was like the fact that I sent that message and the way I sent it. Like I thought you guys would just start laughing. Like I'm not sending this shit to be no, serious. I, I I'm sending it to be funny. funny. No, it is funny. The funny. only time I really know DeAndre Swift, I've no. ridden with him, and I have a we have a championship to go win. Like this kid, this guy could give two shits I about have me. One, <laughs> I've sent one DM to a player no. all year, and it was to D Ford when I was hammered, and I just said fuck you. That I, I told uh, you one time, Man, my buddy I, and I my buddy a... and I were. What you Sorry, say? go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just gonna say this I'll... all started because this gave me hope because one time me and my buddy were watching. I think it was I was I want to say it's Michigan, like Eastern Carolina or something. My buddy needed Michigan to win by like thirty four or more, and uh, this tight end, like he was really really slow for Michigan, and they didn't hit. And this guy had like a breakaway touchdown. He was just so slow he didn't get to it. So I sent a picture of my buddy and sent it to him saying, this guy thinks you're slow. And the guy said, well, that's fucked up. So then I was like, okay, now I have hope that every every person's going to respond to me. Yeah, uh, college no, kids are no. different. That 
that's yeah. a different game. Especially what was it, Western Kentucky? Like, yeah, they, something they, like that. But they yeah, have no. nothing better to do. No, that was a Michigan Titan. That was a Michigan. Oh, Titan. Okay, right, let's move on. Uh, no, hang on. Oh, I, I do have to say, I have a I have a hell of a D Ford take, but mm. I'm not sure if I want to say it. Should you say it for sure when we get to D Ford of the week? I mean, it's it's pretty spicy. Ah, uh, man. Uh, I, we'll, we'll we'll save it there. Stay we'll, tuned we'll for there. the end of the but episode. It's, it's coming. It's a hell of a. I think it's honestly a fabric destroying take about fabric destroying. Uh, oh man, I'm excited yes, to hear this. Yes, it All is right. crazy. Next up, Lions at Vikings. Lions are three point favorites with a win. The Detroit Lions would win the NFC North for the first time in franchise history. And I predict they do just that. I am out on Nick Mullins slash Josh Dobbs, whatever they're doing with Minnesota. Uh, give me Detroit. I was glad to see they finally got back to kind of Detroit Lion football last week against Denver. Goff indoors, that's when you take them. And inside Minnesota, I like Goff. Yeah, no, I mean, Nick Mullins actually looked really good yeah, last week, just couldn't really close the game. Bullshit! And... Did you see his turnovers? He was... Yeah, that's true. He that was erratic. Weird. Like, that dude... Granted, he made a few plays to keep him in it, but it was also a few plays to keep him out of it. I think Lions minus three is going to be one of the most heavy betted uh, lines. One of the more heavier betted lines. And I think that line is actually really accurate. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Lions barely edge it out. Um, You know, I am a little upset that this is just minus three. I really like the Vikings here. Um, I... I'm kind of out on the Lions, man. Even their performance against the Broncos, which was a bit of a blowout, I I really think they're frauds. I think the Broncos are just kind of frauds, too, delivered an absolute stinker of a game. Um, I do want to point out that Sean Payton has no idea what he's doing. He punted down 25 points with 10 minutes left in the game. Now, just to do a little bit of math for you, 25 points is a four-score game, okay? You have to score four times, meaning the other team will have the ball four times. Uh, three times technically if you get if you don't punt it to them immediately um but if you can do a little bit of math that means that uh the the lions were able to wait would have been able to waste eight minutes or six minutes in all three timeouts just by kneeling the ball which leaves the broncos four minutes to score four times i don't understand how coaches make these decisions i can sit at home and do this shit in my head they should be able to do that like on the back of their hand it, it blows my mind. Um, so, Sean Payton, I've put right on fraud coach list. Um, and I've also put the Lions on fraud list because I just don't think they're all that good. Um, I, Stephen A. Smith had them as the third best team in the NFL today. What? Which is just insane to me. What? Because they lost to the Bears. They lost to the Bears by two scores just 14 days ago. Um, the, the memories on these idiots that we give microphones to is crazy. I'm going to take the Vikings. I've been a hater on the Vikings for a while. I think both these teams are gone garbage um but yeah i i just really don't i don't have a ton of trust in the lions man sometimes they come out just completely flat um and i mean i, I don't know man i i want to i want to like them but i too many times i've turned them on and just been thoroughly unimpressed um so i think borrowing some kevin o'connell not trying to do the tush push with an 180 pound running back pushing the quarterback like that's one of the most bizarre decisions i've ever seen um, I think I think they get the job done, so I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one. Jaguars at Bucks. Jags are one point favorites. I probably am walking into this one, but I'm doing Jags with a minus one lock of the week. Um, 
I can't envision Baker Mayfield repeating what he did last week, and Jacksonville's lost three straight. They're in a really desperate time. I don't love how you know banged up Trevor Lawrence is, uh, but yeah, I, I just do not trust Tampa Bay to put up together a performance the way they just did. I think this line should be higher. I'm a little nervous that it's not. I know Lawrence is in concussion protocol. I'm really banking that he clears it, or I am fucked. This is the downside of recording on Tuesday, but it can also be the upside because it will probably shoot up if he gets yeah if he gets cleared, it's probably going to be like minus three, minus four. So, but with this being said, the Buccaneers are five and one on the road, and they're three and five at home, and they're on the road this week, so gives you something to look forward if you're Buccaneers are at home. No, this is in Tampa. Or I sorry, I meant I meant this as Jacksonville. Jacksonville is five and one on the road, and they're three and five. On the or at home, so let's go get them out of the anyway. bank, and they they play well. I will say it anyway. Yet again, the MVP curse for me has stood up. Trevor Lawrence has had a very disappointing year. Yep, yeah. and every time I've watched him, I've been pretty impressed with how bad he's been. Um, I'm I'm calling out all I'm the coaches this week. Uh, Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson, why, why, why did you not just spike the ball when you got down into and goal with like 17 seconds left? Um, oh, I'll rebuttal you and, on this And one. furthermore, furthermore, okay, you never, 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 never. If you've got no timeouts, okay, and you're in an and goal situation, all right, and it's like 10 seconds left, why would you throw short of the sticks? I, I look, I, I, my team lost the Super Bowl over this, um, and it's, it blows my mind. It's just an unbelievably boneheaded, stupid decision that you should never make. And the Jaguars did it got stopped at like the two-yard line inbounds and the clock ran out just absolutely unacceptable incompetent you have to get points there especially with the situation the game was in the Jaguars were really struggling to get points on the board um and just took a stupid risk that was never going to play out man either throw the ball at the end zone man they either catch it or it falls incomplete shit if you throw a pick whatever it happens but do not let the clock run out I, I'm sorry. I just can't believe that they let that happen. And just out of spite, I'm taking the Buccaneers this week. Okay. I'm here's taking the Jags. Here's where I'm going to argue you. That was on Lawrence and not on Doug Peterson, and I'll tell you why. They have two play calls whenever the first play happens for if they get a first down and that they have the running clock. The first play call they obviously hit on, and then the second play call, so they don't have to make one while they're running up to the line, is already made it's corner outs. You send two guys, one to the right side of the end zone, one to the left side of the end zone, and then you send two underneath flats to try and get the defenders to jump, to try and come up. The read has to be on that play as a quarterback in that situation. You either throw the corner route to the end zone like you're talking about, if you can get man coverage there. You throw it out of the back of the end zone if nothing's there. And if for some reason the flat is completely uncovered, you throw it towards the sideline and lead your guy out of bounds. Lawrence fucked up. He threw the flat when it was covered. For what reason? I have no idea. But it's such a simple concept that a quarterback is taught in college. In that situation, it's outs. You have one guy on each side of the line going to do a corner out to the end zone. And you have guys that are lined up inside that are going to run flats on into like the four or five yard line with the intention of drawing a defender out of the end zone. 
And if for some reason they're I, left alone, you throw it down there and get him out of bounds. But Trevor Lawrence okay. cannot throw that football. He just cannot throw that football in that situation. Well, okay, that's all fine and all. And I don't know whose decision it was to just run the play. But with the amount of time left, why would you not spike it? Like, let's just think about this for a second. I think that severely decreases the chances of something stupid like what did happen happening. I mean, you, you, you weren't even going to have enough time to use all your plays, right? And any play that ends with someone being hit and bounced is the end of the, in the end of the half, no matter what. And, 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 and especially if it's thrown to the flat, because the amount of time it takes to get the ball back up the field was ridiculous. Maybe if the guy got hit in the middle, it would have just been a quick, quick set it down and go. Um, I, I just think it was, I think it was pretty reprehensible all told. Um, and it really hurt because it looked like for a second, they were going to get back in the game against the Ravens. Um, and they didn't. And they made a few more string of uh, questionable plays. Trevor Lawrence just, like, dropped the ball, David Nathaniel Pete style. I don't know what the hell that was. Um, and, yeah, we ended up with a pretty not-close game at the end of it. It was, the only a, thing it was an I'll annoying say, watch. The only reason I could think they wouldn't spike the ball there is, well, two. One, to catch Baltimore kind of scrambling, and two, to not let Baltimore uh, substitute and get a goal line or a a different defense on the field to protect the end zone. That's my thought process on it. I think ultimately yeah, it, that play can be executed easily. It's just, if it's not there, you throw it out of the back. You will never get intentional grounding for throwing it out of the back of the end zone. I've never seen it called mm -hmm. where if you just throw it out of the back, no matter how bad the throw is, as long as someone's sitting in the end zone, you will never get called for intentional grounding. That's what should have happened. But Trevor Lawrence just, I don't know what he, I don't know what he saw. I don't know what he thought. Obviously, smarter than I am at quarterback, but he made a huge mistake. And reminder, reminder that Patrick Mahomes' dumbass did this exact thing too, and it cost yeah. him the biggest game of his career, arguably. So, and Patrick I mean, Mahomes did, it, but it so, so to kind of go with your point, John, you said they should spike it and regroup. The Chiefs did it off of a dead ball. They weren't in hurry up. Yes, they did. They so, did it off a timeout. So, so, so you're saying like if they spike, this still could have happened. Like it, it happened. Like if it's I recall, dumb, Jack, but Mahomes it. Thought Mahomes thought we had a timeout on that play too, which mm -hmm. made it extra bad. Mm -hmm. That yeah. made it extra bad. I, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it happens, but it's just it's annoying as a as someone cheering for the team that does it. Yeah, it annoys the shit out of me. It's brain dead. All right. Yep. Uh, Cardinals and Bears. Bears are four and a half point favorites. Give me Chicago. I mean, they find ways to fucking lose games, man. But like, I like the way that they've played, and that defense has really improved. The problem is. They just do not capitalize off of turnovers. You know, they lead the league in interceptions with 18, yet they never really turn it into points. So I, I like the Bears here. The Cardinals are kind of at that point of the season where they all know it's over. They're kind of phoning it in a little bit, and they are they know they're overmatched. They're, they're not the worst, but they, they know they're overmatched. In Chicago, a lot of people's jobs are at line. So, uh, they, yeah, I like Chicago here. All right, boys. <laughs> I got oh three more God. chances at this. <laughs> that silence spoke volumes, yeah. man. I got three <laughs> more chances at this. And this week, I'm riding with the birds. <laughs> Go birds. Give me the Cardinals underdog of the week. I will never, I think, I will never root more for Justin Fields than this week. 
Do you know how bad it sucks that I literally had Patriots underdog of the week two weeks ago, and then I said, screw it, no. No, never mind. And yeah, then they go out and... psyched yourself out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, give me the Cardinals underdog of the week. Fuck it. Like, I, I'm i not even really worried about this week. I didn't like any of the Lions. It's coming down to week 17 and 18 for me, honestly. <laughs> so, we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um. Yeah. I'm going to take the Bears. Uh, I hate to do it to my boy Jonathan Gannon, who I just realized I've hyped up a few too many times on this podcast for a 3-11 and coach. Um, but I like the Bears. Um, like I said last week, man, I, I picked them uh, picked them to beat the Browns. It didn't work out. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Bears, we called, them the, we called them the 2018, 2019, 2022 Royals. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that kind of uh, gets – Gets going in full swing this week, and they beat a very limited Cardinals team at home. So I'll take the Bears. All right. Big game. Cowboys at Dolphins. The Dolphins are one and a half points. Huh? Sorry. I just have to laugh at the assertion that this is a big game. Sorry. It is. 2 10 and 14. Man. Dolphins are one and a half point favorites. It is the first time, the very first time, going all the way back to the beginning of the NFL. I mean, we're talking all the way back when it was Bart Starr and those types of players. That we have multiple. We have a game with two teams that have 20 plus combined wins, but only one or fewer against teams above 500. This is the fake good bull. And I like Yes it is. I like Miami in the fake good bull. At home Dallas is unbelievably great at home and unbelievably fraudulent on the road. I picked Buffalo minus two last week to beat Dallas, but man, I did not expect it to be like that. I mean, Dallas just got it handed to them. I expected it to be like a 27-20 type of game, not a 31-10 with a garbage time touchdown to make it look a little better. Yeah, man, I like Miami in this spot. If Tyreek is back, I feel like it's a lot of value on one and a half. Yeah, I think one and a half is kind of playing. Maybe with Tyreek's playing, I'm going to take Cowboys to win. I think they bounce back after a really bad week, and I just don't trust this Dolphins team. Yeah, I want to know if there's somewhere to bet on the Bills to win the division. I'm sure there, there is. is. I need there to go is. see what those lines are. Because I this can find is you the, the line. Last Jackson, week. Not only have these teams barely beat anyone over 500, neither of them have beat an actual Super Bowl contender, no. in my opinion. Um because I mean, look, depending on depends on what you think of the Eagles. Um, but in my bills book, are plus two ten to win the division. Wow. Yeah, that is yeah, severely that, that is crazy last, value. Last Thursday, when I went to go to Kansas to bet, they were plus three forty. Oh boy! Oh boy! Who wants to get in a car right now? Let's go! Let's, let's go. go! Let's, let's go. go to let's Kansas! Go. Oh let's boy! Go. Let's go! I'm gonna be in Kansas in about forty five minutes. Do you know if they're? Do you know? About, do you, no, do you no. want? To, you guys got to hear this. Do you know what their odds to win the division were after that game they lost to Philadelphia? Probably like a plus one. Plus six fifty. I am so pissed. Yeah. I could not grab that. Oh my god! And I really you could have. We can I, we can break it down. I don't know what the divisional tiebreakers uh, are that might make this problematic. If they um, if they went oh, out, shit! I did not realize the Dolphins play the Ravens too. Yeah, no, if the Dolphins... Okay. And then they so finish with the Bills. win a tiebreaker over the Bills, no? Even though if, the Bills beat them if twice? If the Dolphins win no, one more no game, way. 
No, if the Dolphins, if here, listen to me. If the Dolphins win one of the next two, so they have to lose one. Buffalo wins the next two. Then the final week of the season, Buffalo at Miami is for the division. That'll be Sunday Night Football. I would love Buffalo in that spot. Is the division tiebreaker not just straight up division record? It's head to head. If Buffalo would have swept Miami. Okay, so if you sweep someone, it doesn't matter what your in division record is. That's what it is. It has to be a one one split for that to come in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I really think. Plus 210 for the Dolphins to lose to either the Cowboys or the Ravens and the Bills. Bills to take care of the Chargers and Patriots. Because you know the Bills are going to take care of the Chargers and the Patriots. There's no way. It would be hilarious. They have Um, lost to England this year. Yeah, 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 even more the reason it's not going to happen again. Um, Yeah. Okay, now I haven't even picked the game. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, I, 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 I don't know, man. Mike McCarthy. That's that's the that's yeah. the two words for you, Mike yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. Um, the, it's the battle of the M mix, which is really weird. Mike McCarthy versus Mike McDaniel. Um, I like I like the younger and less um, doubt M mix. Am I going off? Yes, we have the phone. I'm the back at home. home after phone is back. The home. The landline. Oh, geez, other podcasts returned. know. Only the real ones know yeah. the OG phone ring. Yes, here yeah, it is. And it's and it's calling and it's saying there's money if you just go to Kansas because <laughs> them Bills are gonna win the division. Uh yeah. Give but but give me the Dolphins in this one. I mean, I I still think they're gonna get absolutely wiped out by the Ravens next week at any rate. So yeah, yeah, like it here. Uh little Great developing football. news. I know this isn't NFL related, but Mizzou just landed a uh Four-star cornerback, according to twenty-four-seven Sports, who was pre- crystal ball to go to Tennessee. So twenty twenty-four, twenty-twenty-four. Another boy. one. I know we got the kid out of we got the left tackle out of Oklahoma today. We got the Aiden Green out of Arkansas. Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it. Come we'll on, save come it. on. We can save it. We All right, Sunday night football, aka Christmas Eve football. Uh, good news is you're going to be able to spend time with your family and not have to miss out on a good game. Patriots at Broncos. Broncos are six and a half point favorites. Yeah, I mean, give me give me Denver in this spot. It's hard to win in Denver, uh, especially this time of year in New England. Man, I don't know about y'all, but like, whenever that game happened, like, whenever a game is, for example, the Chiefs are up twenty-seven to ten, right, going into the fourth quarter. Normally, I'm still a little antsy. Normally, I'm still a little like, all right, we got to finish this. Like, let's let's keep, you know, let's not make any mistakes. You know, we got to get to the finish line here. Against New England, I literally not for a second had any worry at all about winning that game. In that, once we I got up more than a possession, I was like, "Yeah, this shit is over. Absolutely no chance." Uh, this New England team is horrible. If they're trying to get Caleb Williams, they're doing a great job. Give me Denver. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were gonna do something on lock or underdog of the week. I already did my team. lock. So. Oh, you did. Yeah. Jags. Oh, yeah, I have Jaguars it written down. Minus Jags minus one. Yeah, I have that written down. For some odd reason, I don't know why I thought you were going to do another lock. Uh, Yeah, no, give me – screw it. Give me the Patriots. Wow. Ooh. But you're not going to underdog them. Interesting. Ooh. Well, I'm going to take my underdog boys right See? here. The – yes, sir. Um, Just once again, fully just a stunt on them hoes because um, – also, not really that because I know what Jackson's taking, um, and I maybe was hoping he would bite at something earlier in the slate, but he didn't. Same. So I'm stuck with this. 
Um, I am going to take the Patriots as my underdog of the week. I don't know, man. I've got low conviction on this. They played like, man, uh, there's, uh, there's some conflicting gambling interests that go into this take, but what the hell were the Patriots doing? Well, how many times are you going to punt in a, in a, like still theoretically reachable game. Let Bailey Zappi try to do some shit. Throws the pick. He throws the pick. I, so many punts. Um, so the Patriots have kind of phoned it in. The Broncos are going to have to give them the game because the Patriots have proven they're not going to chase the game. I mean, in a 10 point game, they just let the, let the game in. They didn't yeah. even try to call timeout. That's what I'm talking they about. Just, it's like, it just done. never even felt like it was a challenge. Like it was like, yeah, they. It felt like New England didn't even want to win that game, which they probably yes, did. They literally rolled over and let the Chiefs rub their bellies. Like yeah. that is what happened. They, yeah. they, they did that. Um, and look, the thing is that makes me happy about this is just that the Dolphins or the not the Dolphins. I don't think the Lions are good, and they made the Broncos look absolutely silly. Um, so a lot of my fear <laughs> I had with the Broncos, I think more so stemmed out of a game in which the Chiefs played like absolute shit as well. Um, the Broncos. Probably I'm a little less worried about them going forward now. Uh, and they, even if they do make this wild card spot, I'm assuming they're going to be an early exit. Uh, so give me, give me the Patriots. Let's go. Let's go, Bill. One last, one last, one last, one last Belichick masterclass before no, it's over. I could use a Belichick masterclass against Buffalo the following week as well. Um, okay, well, not, we can't use it because we gotta, we gotta, we haven't placed we the bet yet. We haven't placed bet, the man. bet yet. We have not placed it. Well, so don't I'm worry. placing it, I'm placing it because man, it is a lock. That can that be my lock of the week? Can we just put this on hold? <laughs> no, I mean, shit. no, no. All right, Christmas okay. Day, Merry Christmas, everybody. The Chiefs playing the Raiders, Chiefs wow. are 10 point home favorites. I can't remember the last time a team put up more than 50 points and was a double-digit underdog the next week, but that's the predicament we find ourselves in. Um, I like Kansas City here. It's probably going to be a Kansas City Chiefs game like we've seen all year, though, that they'll make stupid mistakes, stupid penalties, have stupid turnovers, but they're good enough to beat the Raiders, where those mistakes cost you against Buffalo and they cost you against a team like Philadelphia, but they're not going to cost you against a team like the Raiders. I like Kansas City here. Um, I don't care for the line. I think it's a decently fair line. Ten points sounds about right. However, the Raiders are getting extended rest coming into this game, playing on a Thursday the week before, not having to play till Monday, so 11 days in between games, damn near a, a mini bye week. Um, but yeah, Kansas City should be fine in this game. I thought, you know, they had some things working against New England. They finally figured a few things out. Checo should be back. Um, and more than anything, the most important part why I feel confident in this game is Sky Moore is out for the year. I mean, it is over. It is finally fucking over. Put Justin Ross on the field or put fucking, I don't even care, put Clyde at receiver. He has better hands than Sky Moore. Next is Tony. But for now, we got rid of one of them. So Chiefs, give me, give me him in this spot. Raiders are down. Are destined to come down to earth. Yeah, give me the Chiefs. I think they win by eight or nine. So I would take Raiders plus ten. Um. Okay. I've I've sensed a pattern, and tell me if I'm wrong here. But in my uh, pattern, it's that usually now 2020 is an outlier to this. Um. But usually the Chiefs and Raiders play one good game and one bad game in which the Chiefs blow the Raiders out. 
And while the Chiefs did win by two scores the last time they played the Raiders, it was a bit of a sweaty game. Um, I think this is a game that the Chiefs just kind of pound them into the ground. Um, usually, I, I, I think this is the week. Uh, last year, it was in Vegas. Uh, the year before that, it was the game in Kansas City. Um, I specifically remember it was like a 30-point win, score gummy on my birthday. Um, and this time, it's going to be Christmas, and the Chiefs are going to pound them. Um, it's not going to make anybody, including myself, feel any better about the situation we're in because I think the biggest thing that scares me is that I've never seen Patrick Mahomes like like this, you know, like frustrated, uh, concerned. We all saw the clip of him after Kadarius Tony let the Patriots back into the football game. Um, it, was, it was pretty insane to me that this is allowed to happen. He dropped the pass earlier in the game, and then he dropped one that went right into the defender's hands. Um, Mahomes is uh, it's not as comfortable as he usually is, but I think this is an opportunity to just get a win, kind of like we did last week, and I think it'll be a double-digit win for the Chiefs at home. Uh, and the Raiders, while they did absolutely throttle the Chargers last week, I think they're going to get about as little credit in the bank for a 60-point win as you possibly can because we all know the situation going on opposite of them. But, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs. And on the Sky Moore comment, man, I mean, as much as you say it, that maybe it's good that we don't have to deal with him dropping the ball, What what is the guy, like, who's the guy we haven't been playing in exchange for Sky Moore? Like, how shit is he? We're about to find out. Um, we do get Justin Ross back, as you mentioned, but, man, it is, it is really disappointing um, how little these Chiefs receivers have been able to become even just like a regular veteran minimum level receiver. Like the only person that's earning their money is Justin Watson and he's making like $2 million. So, Oh, and Rashi rice, but that was yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a frustrating situation, man. I really hope this is the only season. This has been a theme, um, over the coming years because that would suck, but yeah, I'll take the chiefs. Um, and honestly, man, the rest of these regular season games, as long as we win them, don't really mean much to me. I don't think any of us are going to have a good view on whether the Chiefs have a legitimate chance or not until we see them play a playoff game. Um, so, yep, uh, we're just waiting out the games now. I will say, like, I do think Richie James could be better than Sky Moore now that he's back. I don't think that that's impossible. I also, I mean, look... Am I expecting anything out of this? No. But could Cornell Powell be worse than Sky Moore? I doubt it. Yes. I don't think he could be. Look, it, it would be hard to be worse. We'll see. So is the case you're making that the reason they've given him snaps is that they just feel like they need to invest something in Sky Moore? Like yes, they can't 100%. give up? I don't think okay. there's anything I... there in Sky Moore. I don't think there is anything. I'm telling you, if that guy gets a second contract in the league, I'll be surprised. I don't think there is anything there with Sky Moore. He's not an NFL player. I don't believe it in the slightest. I think I think you I think you're possibly correct on that one. But we're we're gonna see, man. And the other thing I find so funny about this is we spent so much time worrying about whether or not Kadarius Tony was gonna be healthy this year. And he's been he's been healthy pretty much the entire year. And he's been there to hurt us. Man, maybe we could have used him being injured a couple more yeah. times. Um but we we didn't get so lucky. Uh, the having said all of that, God, it would be so great if he could just start catching the ball. I mean, 
He's one of the few guys actually getting open. He's giving us an opportunity to see him drop a pass that he shouldn't. Like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is barely doing that. I don't even know where the hell he is nowadays. Um, so, yeah. I love, I would love for him to have a big game where he just, like, actually catches the football. And, you know, maybe, maybe he makes some crazy social media posts after about shutting up the haters and, you know, going too far. But, eh, we just need to see something. We need to see something because we're screwed if we don't. Yeah, 100%. This right. next game, I think that's um, Giants at Eagles, also on Christmas. This will be in the 330 slot. Interestingly enough, this line has gone in the Philadelphia Eagles' direction since they lost to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. This was minus 10 before last night's game. It is now the Eagles minus 12. And... I don't know who's going to be quarterback, but it's either going to be DeVito or Tyrod Taylor, and I trust them more than I would trust Daniel Jones in a spot like this. I actually like the Giants to cover this spread. I expect the um, Eagles to win this game. It's really a must win if you're Philadelphia at this point. You cannot lose a fourth straight game, but I do like Phil. I do like uh, the Giants to keep this closer than maybe some people will acknowledge. I agree with you, John, that people are kind of having a hard time accepting the fact that Philadelphia is just not as good as the start of their season was. And also, I put out a tweet last night on our account. Eight of the last ten Super Bowl runner-up, the eight of the last ten Super Bowl losers have regressed in record the next season. It is so hard to come back from losing a Super Bowl. So, I mean, this was kind of to be expected. I like Philly to win, but man, it, you can't feel too confident if you're an Eagles fan right now about how things are going because you you really could have six losses. Like that Buffalo game of Jake Elliott doesn't make an insane kick, and if Marquez Valdez Scantling has hands, you could really be looking at them being eight and six right now. Who do you have more faith in right now, the Eagles or the Chiefs? And I think that's a legitimate debate. Chiefs. The Chiefs. And I, think I would say is, the Eagles. I think it is a lot. Man. I think a lot of why I have more faith in the Chiefs is because I think Jalen Hurts is dealing with a lot of shit. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Ill, he has a lot. Of the illness will go away, but I think he's clearly uncomfortable. He clearly does not look right. And also, the Philadelphia Eagles defense, good God, their secondary is atrocious. Okay, see, yes. Uh, this is where I'm going to make the take that I don't think this is an argument. Who was that? And the guy in charge of the defense last night for the Eagles. You don't need that Patricia. to answer. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat yeah. Patricia. It, it was. That, there it is. There's your answer. They, I mean, also, also, why are the Eagles like a running team? They are a running team. Like, they want to run the ball so much. Maybe it's because they only have to get eight yards to get a first down. They get the fourth and one and a half. It's a first down for them because they're allowed to move the fucking ball forward before they get <laughs> snapped and no one bats an eye. Um, so yeah, I am. I oh, I love this Eagles downfall. I'm sorry. The way that the Chiefs have been officiated this year by comparison to the Eagles has made me an Eagles hater. Sorry to the Eagles. Also, Matt Patricia, not Matt Patricia. Nick Sirianni is annoying as hell. Oh yeah, 100. Um, percent Yeah, can't stand that guy. Can't yeah. stand him. 100. percent He is so fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> Dude, it's a pain in my ass. Give me, give me the Eagles though to win this game. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm gonna take the Giants. Wow! Um, I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles absolutely spin out and lose to the Giants. Um, Do you think the Eagles Giants? lose out? Do you think they lose every game left? 
Nah, they lose this one, and then let's see what else they got. They have got. Cardinals and Giants after this. Okay, yeah. They, win the, they lose this one, and then win the next two. Make <laughs> everybody think they've got a shot, and then quietly go out in a 10-point game against, like, the 49ers. Um, yeah, I... I uh, man, I am negative on the Eagles. I am very negative on the Eagles. Because I think a lot of it's because of how quickly the Chiefs have been written off this year. Like, so many people have just been like, oh, yeah, it's over for the Chiefs. They're they're wash. And I mean, like, yeah, the Chiefs had a problematic season, man. But pretty much everybody has except for the Niners. The Niners, you can take comfort in the fact that when Trent Williams has played, they've kicked everybody's ass. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody else can say that they haven't had a problematic season. Um, even the Ravens have had a problematic season. I, yeah, the, but the Eagles are the, the creme de la creme of this thing because no one has sounded the alarm bells on them near enough as they should. So, yeah. I think it's funny with the Chiefs is they've kind of gone on this like every other year shit, whereas like 2018, their regular season was like really fun and energetic and great. 2019, they had the Mahomes knee injury. looked like shit was going to go south. They had losses they shouldn't. 2020, the COVID year, they have an unbelievable regular season. 2021, they start off three and four and they look like shit. 2022, they come out of the gate and look amazing. And now 2023, the struggles are back. It's like every other year, the regular season gets problematic in Kansas City. I would would maybe argue that you got to flip 2019 and 2020. 2019, second half of the season, we really didn't even have like a a struggly game like we admittedly it was an easy home stretch but after Mahomes returned from that injury um and after that Titans game it was pretty much smooth sailing from then till the Super Bowl except for one quarter in the divisional round (laughs) everything else was I'm just talking about regular season it's all I'm talking about no I agree I agree but I mean I think even the after that Titans game the regular season went well whereas 2020 man we were 14 and 2 but we probably had about eight games that did not feel good after because it was like, oh, we were up 17 points and we just stopped playing football. Yeah. I, I can count on two hands the amount of times that happened. We almost lost to the Falcons, who, yeah. if you can yeah. recall that year, were like, great yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, if it wasn't thanks to Young Hoku uh, missed. Young Way Ku missed a fucking chip shot. Young, yeah, young Ho. Sure. Young Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was out of control. All um, right. Let's wrap but, up this week. Yeah. Christmas night, game uh, of the year. Ravens at 49ers. 49ers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. You guys knew I was going to do it. Ravens underdog of the week. Um, it is the second biggest spread against Lamar Jackson in his career. And, and that sounds yeah. crazy. It's only five-and-a-half. Like, this is... Jackson, uh, this is this is kind of like 49ers-Eagles. Uh, I think me and John are probably going to go the same way, if I had to guess, that we oh, did no, the Eagles here. Don't get here. me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably I would pick San Francisco, but I just do not have a better game on the board than taking Baltimore. Baltimore is the best underdog team I could find, and I I mean I expect it to be a good game. I don't think they're going to get their ass kicked um, like the Eagles did against the 49ers. Yeah, no, I think the 49ers kicked the Ravens' ass. I um, I I think it's pretty easy that the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I I largely agree. I think it's the 49ers like ring to lose. It is. Um, like it literally is. the 49ers are plus 200 to win the Super Bowl. I've never seen that low of odds unless it yeah. was the conference championship week. I mean, the one thing we have to mention is that 
look, we've seen what happens with the Niners if, if there's an injury to Debo or Trent. You know, whereas with a lot of teams, it's like it's just their quarterback. The Niners are a weird spot where honestly, man, if, if they lose Brock Purdy, I'm still thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Niners to win here. And this is going to lead to my next uh, little side rant before we end this, which is if you think Brock Purdy should be the MVP for the 2023-2024 NFL season, you do not know ball. I hate that phrase because people just use it as like a, oh, I'm done arguing, so I'm just going to say you don't know ball. But seriously, man, if you've made that case to anyone ever, your opinion is void forever. You don't know ball. Um, I will say this. My, oh, God. I No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying I think Here it's hilarious. My buddy put 20 bucks on Brock Purdy to win MVP at the beginning of the year at plus 4,500 odds. Okay, so I would love fine. to see Brock Purdy win. Okay, that, that, was, that was a fantastic yeah, bet because of the situation of he's in. Yes, that's a hell of a bet. And I mean, whether or not... I, 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 no, I will say this. I think CMC is MVP by yeah, far. Yeah, I, I think, Or I think you literally have to give it to CMC or Tyreek Hill. And I think yeah. one of the biggest, biggest reasons for this is because of how, like, how, vi- the, the, how variable the MVP conversation has been. There was a week where people said it was going to be Mahomes. I think after that Chargers game, Mahomes moved into being mm-hmm. the betting favorite. Yeah. Up until this week, Dak Prescott was, was the favorite, which yeah. I also thought was insane. But seriously, if you ask Kyle Shanahan, if you, you – I think I might have even made this case last week. I can't remember who I said this to. If you ask Kyle Shanahan who – if you said, here, Brock Purdy or Devo Samuel is going to get a season-ending injury, who's going to get it? He would choose Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy or Trent Williams, he would choose Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy yeah, or Christian Yeah, I think McCaffrey, Sam Darnold is doing the same thing. Brock Purdy. Yeah. So, if and usually when I have an issue with the MVP vote, it's because people get it all misconstrued like, well, most valuable is value to your team, blah, blah, blah. There's no – if you want to do most outstanding player, it isn't Brock Purdy. If you want to do most valuable player, it isn't Brock Purdy. It never is. It's insane to me. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I'm losing my mind because all these people that have spent all this time, dedicated their lives to writing about football, can't realize that Brock Purdy has not done shit. He's just a cog in a machine, a machine that could be operated by 20 people. He's just a dude – Hitting the button, it's like it's like a guy hitting the damn button at fucking an Apple factory, right? And you're saying, oh, this guy made $10 billion worth of iPhones. What a brilliant year of work. But really, he's just hitting a button. He's just hitting a fucking button. And yeah, it, it blows my mind. I, I don't understand it. Um, it's crazy. So yeah, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. It drives me insane. I, I, I'm... I need to stop talking about it because I'll just run myself into circles and run out of breath like I am right now. What well, the hell? Brock Purdy's not the MVP. Don't ever say that to me. If you do, I'm going to punch you in the face. I agree that he's not the MVP. However, I do think that that team would not win a Super Bowl with Sam Darnold. I truly don't believe they would, and I think that is a testament to how bad Sam Darnold is. I think that Brock Purdy, at this point, yes. Is he a, is he a product of the system? Yes, that's fine. But is he better than Garoppolo was in that system? Yes. I, I don't know how you disagree with that. He is better in San Francisco system than Jimmy Garoppolo was. And Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the <laughs> fucking Super Bowl. So there is like no reason this team should not win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, to me, 
he's not MVP. I get that. I wouldn't argue that he is. I agree it's Christian McCaffrey, and I agree he is uplifted by a fantastic system. But I don't think this dude is some fucking scrub. I don't think he's no, some he's not. He's not piece of shit like on the street. Like, would I rather have Baker Mayfield or Brock Purdy? I would pick Brock Purdy at this mm. point. I know people disagree with okay. that. I get it. But like, I view Brock Purdy as that 15, 15 to twelve ish range of quarterbacks right now, which is pretty good. Like, that's not bad. That's decent, and that's. I mean, he has potential to even get better than that. He's doing exactly what they're asking of him right now. Like, he's not trying to be Superman. That is what ultimately probably killed Trey Lance in San Francisco, is that he tried to be Superman, and he tried to be this athletic freak player that made all these big-time throws when San Francisco doesn't need that. And that's why Brock Purdy is perfect for that team. I I think he's overhated at this point. I think that the guy is just doing what's asked of him. And even he said McCaffrey should be MVP. He said that himself. So it's like, I don't get why everyone hates on the kids so much. Okay. And I want to say that's what I'm not, I'm not trying to blame Brock Purdy at all. That Brock Purdy is doing his job and he's doing it admirably. But the case that I will make is uh, I think that over half the actual starting quarterbacks in the NFL teams that have said, this is our starting quarterback over half of them would at worst keep the Niners the same. And a lot of them would improve them. I think that's where the Brock Purdy MVP debate ends. Like, can you really look me straight in the face and say that shit, man, say that if Russell Wilson was the quarterback of the Niners, would they be any worse? They'd probably be about the same. I agree. I agree with you. Like, exactly. I... Exactly. So the, like that, that Russell Wilson is nowhere near the MVP of the NFL. Friggin'. I mean, I think all of the all of the AFC West starting quarterbacks, which I'm saying that's Jimmy Garoppolo, would all keep the Niners about the same or better. And then we can go we can go all the way around the horn, which doesn't mean Brock Purdy sucks or any of this, but it also means he's not the most valuable player. He just isn't, and he's not the best player. He is by no measurement the MVP. All he is is the quarterback for the best team. That is all he is. And that, he fills that the role does not perfectly. Win you the MVP award. He fills the role perfectly. Uh, he does yeah, it. I mean, he does. He does. He does. The thing that he does that is harder than what people understand is he doesn't lose them games to the point where he won't make mistakes that kill you. Where a lot of guys I, in this league do that. A lot. That's what Sam yes. Darnold's career fell on. Is Sam Darnold could make some wildly athletic throws and then would turn around and throw three interceptions. That's what Brock Purdy won't do. And yeah. Look, I, I'm not saying they couldn't win a Super Bowl with a guy like Russell Wilson or a guy like, uh, you know, I don't know, Jared Goff. But I do think Brock Purdy is a – more than anything, I just think he's the perfect player for the system. He fits San Francisco's yeah. system better than any quarterback that they've had under Kyle Shanahan. Yes, but not any – not not even half the quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, Kirk, Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo, fucking – I disagree. I mean, I, I, that's the one I was literally. Disagree. We literally saw it a year ago. It's not like it was like, oh, Brock Purdy's the missing piece. They I were mean, better when Purdy took over, though. Like when Garoppolo got hurt and Purdy came in, they looked better with Purdy than they had with Garoppolo. Whatever you want to chalk man, that up to. Uh, Whatever you want to chalk that up to, they did. And like, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, but, okay, I, I really but, do think and still, he has an opportunity. We can argue for Purdy. This we can argue season. in to, 
to give him credit, but at the end of the day, the point I'm making is there are 10, 15 players more deserving of MVP than Brock Purdy. And a lot of them aren't quarterbacks. So, yeah, I I just I don't before, get it. I don't get it. I got to I got to go here soon and before I go, there's only one more NFL thing I would like to talk about. Mhm. And that would be Rashard Mendenhall. Oh my god. I have no idea what this is. Rashard Mendenhall tweeted so, out something. He decided to tweet out, I'm sick of average white guys commenting on football. Oh, Y'all yes. not even good at football. Can we please replace the Pro Bowl with an all-black versus all-white Bowl? So these cats can stop trying to teach me who's good at football. I'm better than your goat. I think it would be closer than people think. I call That's Mahomes. I, I call oh, the, no. But no, no, the, no. The white That's people, the thing. The whites get Does Mahomes. Mahomes get a pick? That's, that's, Does Mahomes get a pick? Have you ever seen the so, Dave Chappelle like SNL race draft thing where yeah, like the, they draft Tiger the, Woods yeah, they, and they draft like Lenny Kravitz? That shit is that's basically what this has become. It's like I'm pretty sure the Jewish people draft Tiger Woods like first overall. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, uh, this is all I'm saying. There's me. Quarterback, let's say Mahomes is uh, inactive, a healthy no, scratch. You have to let's be fully white. Scratch. You have to be fully you have to, or fully black. Let's just say no mixed in this. The the white team is cooked. And because of the quarterback I think it also position. needs to be Samoans. What about Samoans? I'm assuming they're out too. <laughs> Look, it's a dumb fucking I know tweet. This is My favorite like, part about I know this, this is, tweet is Richard Mendenhall costed are, his team a Super Bowl because of Clay Matthews, a white man, forcing him to fumble in the Super Bowl. But it's so ironic. With this being said. With it's this hilarious. being said, all I want to say is, let's say let's, we gonna put Josh Allen or Justin Herbert in the quarterback. We'd probably put Josh Allen at quarterback, and then Kelsey would. Okay. Our O line would hold up. Like we'd have a fine O line. Oh, O line, O line, good at O line. You know the fundamentals. The fundamentals. But, you know. I think we're forgetting the most over. important part. Here's where it's it's CMC. No, 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 no. Y'all have left oh, this. Oh no. Out, okay. The black wide receivers yeah. are running straight at the end <laughs> yeah, zone and I scoring said. a touchdown. <laughs> that's what time. I said. No one's playing defensive back. There's not even a Oh, the over-under is going to be set at like 80-something. Yeah, no, there are no white corner. The last white corner to start in the NFL was like 2003, 2002. Listen to the defensive line. Listen to the, oh, it doesn't matter. Defensive line. No, 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 no. I was going to say, for the whites to have any chance, they need to have a great run game. The but the defensive line <laughs> is insane for the all-black team. Hassan Reddick, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, and Chris Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah no, never close. mind. I think the all-black team wins. Oh, <laughs> no, shit. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know why we even had to have this debate about, oh, it'd be closer than people think. No, it wouldn't, man. It would be an absolute Special slaughter. teams we haven't covered. Special and teams you we even, are covered. You even change the rules Who's Who is the black team kicker? Who yeah, they don't have a kicker, to be fair. We have a, they they the best option one. is literally Justin Reed. They couldn't, yeah, kick, they couldn't kick off. <laughs> Dude, no. they could bring Marquette King back. They oh, would nice. bring back Perfect. Marquette King. It was, it was such a stupid-ass tweet from Richard Mendenhall to begin with. That, that's the point. Yeah, it was. Is, this, it's this like, what are you trying to... to actually discuss. <laughs> what are you trying to prove by tweeting this? But whatever. Yeah, it is... But it is hilarious. He just got um, really pissed. He watched also, Dan Orlovsky say some he, crazy shit. 100%. Really with this being off. said, too, since yeah. I gotta get off, uh, I think you guys should still talk about Mizzou and the Royals. But with this being said... My D4 of the week is also Rashard Mendenhall for thinking this is a logical debate. <laughs> Damn, Josh is going to miss my D4 take. Yeah, go I'm ahead. Have to save spit it. it out. Go ahead, spit it out. Okay. Well, it's kind of a hefty one. Okay. All right. Here it is. D4, I have fully exonerated D4 for his crimes. 
Okay, I hold no ill will towards D Ford, and I will hell? go as far to say I will go as far to say D Ford is a victim. D, we have oh. we have we have made D Ford the victim, and here's why. I've been watching the NFL, man, and ever since Kadarius Tony thing, any of these lining up things, it happens just about every play. The ref decided I'm we we blame D Ford for the NFL like helping Tom Brady. The ref decided we're going to help Tom Brady. We're going to give him a hand here. Okay. Just like they did earlier in that game when they called the worst roughing the passer in the history of the NFL. And 55 is the one that got made the victim. And, you know, we said all these nasty things about him and made him our of the week and all of this. I I am fully ready to let D Ford out. And I think he, he can. So is this all you wanted to say that you forget? Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. You no, not even D4. that I forgive that that we that I feel shameful for my treatment of D Ford no. because it was misdirected. All right, and was, I'll see you guys later. No. Yep. I don't yes, feel it I was think, misdirected. No, it wasn't. We the fucker we lined up in the neutral zone. Brady hatred. No, but dude, people line up in the neutral zone every play. Like we need to start realizing this. Every play, someone lines up in the neutral zone, and it gets called probably every other week in one game, one time. It gets called for lining up in the neutral zone. And and it just so happened to be the ref throwing the flag late, late on the play that cost Tom Brady his last chance at a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Uh, I think we've we've misdirected our frustration with the NFL trying to get Tom Brady a win, and we we blame D Ford. We need to we need to we need to do he our. He was minutes. offsides, like he was. But. The- Okay, but let's go back to every play that game. I bet you there's plenty of plays where Patriots defensive linemen are offsides. We could go back and look. I bet there's other plays where where other Chiefs defensive linemen are offsides. I think it just happens all the time, and refs choose random times to call it just for the hell of it. Um, Yeah, it's it's BS because I don't disagree with that. Yep, D Ford didn't actually do anything wrong. He just did no. He still did something wrong. He could have lined up on the right side of the football. Yeah, but if, if lining up on the right side of the football only gets you fucked one in every thousand snaps, can we really be that upset? Yes. See, that's that's am. where I disagree, man. I still am. I still am. Oh, I'm still man. mad at Tony. I'm still mad. Just line up correctly. Just fucking line man. up like you're taught since fucking Pop Warner football, and this doesn't happen. There's no problem if you line up normally. Instead, we decide to line up on the other side of the football, and we give ourselves an opportunity at getting called for a penalty to ruin a game. You can't let the refs I just, decide. I it. bet he was. You've got to put it out of the refs' hands. Every play. I bet he was lined up there. So every he play. was offsides every play. Yes, I bet. Well, I that's bet. on him then. That is, I, I can't blame yeah, the officiating. But, but he only got on called him. for. But he only. But it. But it just so happens that he only gets called for it on a play where Tom Brady fucks up. But they threw the flag before the interception was thrown. I mean, so it. I mean, yeah. like they also threw the but, flag on the Tony was, play was the, before, before the crazy shit happened. So it's like they're throwing. It's not like they're throwing the flags after the fact of the cool shit or like something big happened. They're throwing them before the plays even develop. Just line up on the right side of the yeah, football. I, mean, fair, I, I don't get like, it. Here, I don't Brady, get it. Let's give Tom Brady a little free play. Give him a little free play for nothing. Because Tom Brady didn't even know. I'm just saying. He didn't even know. If you li- if you back. line up correctly, this doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. You don't have to. Mm. You don't have to worry about getting called offsides if you're not offsides. I'm sorry. I, just, I 
And I mean, look, you can even look at the picture. It's not even clear that he was offsides. I oh my God. What has happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the NFL, I'm, I'm honestly becoming an NFL is rigged kind of guy. I am. Believe welcome, it or not. Welcome. Welcome to the club. I, I used to be very anti on it, but the things that I see other teams' offensive linemen get away with and the things that I see other teams' offensive players get away with that, like, you know, Jawan Taylor and Kadarius Tony don't get away with, starting to think there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of an agenda. Just saying. A little bit of an agenda. All right. Well, let's talk about the Royals. Um, speaking of agendas because we have some to push here. They have signed since... They had signed Lugo by the time we were on here last time, but from that time, they signed Michael Walker to a two-year $32 million deal and Hunter Renfro to a one-year $7 million deal. Essentially, uh, you would assume to become the everyday right fielder. Um, What what do you think of those moves, John, and what do you think of the offseason in general? Um, I think it's awesome. I do. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, right? That um, who did we sign at that point? Just Lugo and those Lugo relievers? Lugo and relievers, yeah. Yeah. Um, to add the starting pitching of Waka and then Hunter Renfro on top of it, dude, it's it's the step in the right direction. I mean, I've always asked for the Royals to at least try, right? Because I'm tired of watching people that the only roster... I mean, how many players did the Royals have were the only, like like stretch as a starter they'll ever have will have been with the Royals. I think there's going to be a quite lot. a few of them a lot. from this, which is just kind of insulting as a fan. Like at least try because John Sherman, you're out here charging, you're out here charging my family 20 bucks a night to park to whatever amount of money to go watch your shit team play. And then when I tag along with them, I've got to pay 12 bucks for a beer. That's insane. That that's just crazy. So look, I'm not, giving anyone their flowers this should have happened a long time ago yes this level of spending the it just shows how impoverished we are because this level of spending for 25 other teams is the expectation um and for the royals it's like christmas morning over and over again i feel like i've had like three christmases um so yeah good for them finally behaving the way they should i'll I'll give them props um and I'm not necessarily certain that it's going to turn us into like a playoff team, but we're not going to be terrible. Like I, I don't think it's really even possible unless we get a ton of injuries that it's like, you know, eye gouging baseball, right? Like I, we can win 75 games, which is, which is just crazy to celebrate. But I think we'll win 75 games at the rate we're going at, which is pretty dope. That's pretty awesome. That's that's fucking. 10 more, 13 more than we've won. I guess we did win quite a few in 2021, but, like, who really cared? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I'm conflicted because part of me just feels like this is it. Like, they're never going to do this again. They're doing this so the stadium gets passed on a ballot, and Mm -hmm. then we're going back to nothing. We're going back to the same shit that we've always done. Because I was fooled back in the day. Back in 2013, 14, 15... I thought, you know what? The Royals got out of the neck of the, their neck out of the woods. They were atrocious in the 2000s. Surely they would never let it go back to that. Surely they, as an organization, would never let that happen again. And what do you know? They go on a six-year streak from 18 to 23 where it is exactly what it was in the 2000s, if not worse. It is just horrendous baseball. They spend nothing. They miss on all of their picks for the most part outside of a few. And so I'm nervous. Like, yes, I'm excited about this. Thank God they finally went out 
and admitted, hey, we kind of sucked at drafting and developing pitching. Let's go sign pitching that's already developed and already shown that they can pitch at the major league level. And Waka and Lugo are immediately in the starting five, which is great news. Um, And then you talk about Reagans, who came on strong last year. Those are three guys you could really depend on, it feels like, right now. With, you know, Singer being a wild card. But listen, if you put Singer at fourth in the rotation compared to first in the rotation, who knows what you get out of that. And then you're talking about that fifth spot being, you know, either Daniel Lynch, who's, you know, had a little bit of an up-and-down injury-plagued start to his career. Jordan Lyles, who, I mean, obviously is not a huge fan of, but he eats innings, and that's what the Royals are obviously in love with with him. And then um, Alec Marsh, you know, know, but the point is, it seems as if you now have four starting pitchers instead of you were praying for one last year until Reagans got here and started playing. Well, like, you actually have a rotation. Now, you don't have a true ace, and that's fine. You don't necessarily have to have a true ace. You can win a World Series without having an absolute superstar ace. Look at the Texas Rangers last year. Scherzer was injured the entire time. DeGrom missed the entire season. And Nathan Avaldi was not a true ace. And they were able to win the World Series just because they had a combination of starting pitching that was competent enough to get them through the season and get them to the playoffs. And ultimately, obviously, they win a World Series when Scherzer comes back. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it, and I'm also excited about Hunter Renfro because outfield, like I think I said on the podcast last week, I'm still not high on the outfield. Hunter Renfro, by no stretch of the imagination, is, you know, an Aaron Judge, but he's he's a solid right fielder. Like, he can hit. He's, I think he's going to fit uh, suit well at Kaufman. He's, you know, kind of, in, he's more of a power, but I also think he's got that ability to be a, 30 double guy like he can hit into the gaps kind of like a Benintendi whenever we traded for him um, not the speed yep. necessarily but the the ability to find the gap and that's another thing with Lugo and Waka coming to pitcher friendly parks I mean that is that is huge a lot of pitchers really talk about that and uh, I know Waka in his press conference yesterday talked about the importance of Salvi and how he that was like the number one catcher he wanted to throw to and that he also talked about how, you know, he's seen Kaufman during winning baseball and how electric it can get. Stuff like that. Like, we we have guys that I'm, I'm just excited about. I'm excited for this kind of a new culture. I think there's still work to be done. Um, I still think outfield-wise, they've got moves to make. But overall, I mean, like, this team has gone from 56 and 106 and one of the worst rosters in baseball to... I mean, let's be honest, the AL Central is not very good. They could come August, September, not be too far out of it. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, that's how you have to feel. That's absolutely how you have to feel. It's uh, it's a situation where it actually can be watchable, which is more than we've had. A lot more, a hell of a lot more than we've had. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm... I have to give him some props. It's nice to have this because we haven't. We really haven't. Um, I also yeah, like I'm, the move trading Heasley away to Baltimore. Thank God. Couldn't watch that guy pitch anymore. And then also trading Olivares to the to the Pirates. It's kind of we're shipping, you know, along with Kowar, you know, they've shipped out the dead weight. And it's just, it started at the deadline when they traded Nicky Lopez. And it's kind of just gone into this offseason. 
I, I want to know your opinion on this. I saw that, and it's not really a thing anymore, but I don't know if you saw this article from The Athletic, that the Royals were in talks with the Marlins for a Pasquantino trade that would have given the Royals Jesus Lazardo. And I'm personally very glad that that did not go through. Yeah. Um, I, I look, I don't have a ton of knowledge of Jesus Lazardo. I have to say that. Um, but I, I like keeping Vinny Pasquantino around. He's, he's a likable player and it would kind of suck to lose him in a season where he just, you know, goes out early, especially after well, how well he was hitting before the injury. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd have to see exactly what happened, but I will say if our strategy is to get pitching, um, then I, I like that. I like that a yeah. lot. So, oh, and the bullpen. I mean, yeah. Chris Stratton, Will Smith, um, Nick Anderson. It's a complete revamp of a bullpen. And it's, you know, I still think there's a few holes within the lineup batting-wise. And they could obviously use a fifth starter. But, man, it is just night and day. And, you know, maybe it doesn't work. But at least they're attempting to go out. There's eight teams that have spent $0 in free agency. So, at least... We're not one of those teams yet again. We're out there. We're actually trying to win. Yes, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. And it, once again, honestly, man, all I ask at this point, I don't need the Royals to even be a playoff team to be a winning team. Just let me be able to watch them play a game and not hate my life yeah. most of the time and laugh. The amount of times I've found myself cackling at the TV um, over our performances the past few years has been too many to count. So, yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a step in the right direction for sure, for sure. Excited, excited for this season, and you know, expectations are. I'm gonna be my expectations are not too high. I'm not gonna let them get out of control. I'm not gonna lose my mind and say we're gonna do anything crazy. But crazy. I am excited for the season upcoming. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Hope everyone has a really, really nice and relaxing holiday break, Christmas Eve. And hang Christmas. on, Jackson. Hang oh, on. Hang oh, on. Do you, got, you got five minutes to spare? Well, what happened? Okay. I want you to predict where what my my current – if, if you ask me how I feel about the Los Angeles Clippers right now, what do you think my answer is? I would say that you probably feel really good about them. I do feel pretty damn good about it, man. But I got it. I I thought there might be an air of um, me being not not drinking the Kool Aid because I am definitely struggling with that right now, man. Oh, I, 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 I want to believe. Really hope you don't, because April and May will be horrible. I'm not sure you'll ever come back on if you actually buy into this Clippers team. Just mm-hmm. just you wait for playoff Harden. It never disappoints. Playoff Harden <laughs> every single year will do the same shit. He's the same player every postseason. Just I, for your own mental health, I hope you don't buy into it. Nope that that was kind of an answer I didn't mind hearing there, man. I mean, I, jeez, uh, it's it's. I will say it is just nice to see the Clippers play actual basketball for once because they have not quite done that um, up to this point at all yeah they look good i mean there's no doubt about it but do i do i count on them come postseason no i, I don't nope. trust any of them i trust Kawhi, but outside i trust Kawhi's play i don't trust him to stay healthy i don't trust paul george or russell westbrook or james harden's play so it is 
And I also don't trust Tyron Lue. So we will see. Yep. We will have all to see. Sm- the all smart instincts. All are smart, <laughs> all smart instincts. instincts. I do trust Kawhi, but only as a player. And I don't trust his health in the slightest. Nope. That That's the biggest thing, too, is if they are actually good, you know somebody's going to get hurt. Like, no oh, doubt about it. 100%. So. And I think, honestly, maybe I'm too early on this team. But I really, really do feel like the Thunder could win the West this year. That team, Chet, is unbelievably good. Shy is a franchise player. I, I don't know, man. They look... The West is interesting. It's going to be the playoffs of the youth, in my opinion. I think the Timberwolves could go on a run. I think the Thunder could go on a run. I don't think the Kings are too shabby right now. It is going to be interesting. I think some of those older teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Suns, they might be in for a tough postseason because these fresh legs look really good right now. Yes, they do. They do. Typically, postseason basketball has been a team of uh, uh, a sport of veteran leadership and experience. So we'll see. It's typically not run by the youth, but right now, man, those Thunder and those Timberwolves look really damn good. We yeah, they don't look bad. It's going to be in the in the East. Celtics Bucks is going that that those two man are going to go at it the rest of this season. I don't buy Philly at all. As much as I love Miami, I don't think they have enough firepower to win the East again. It, it, we'll get more into it. Obviously, when football's over, that's typically when we get into basketball. But, yeah, I mean, right now, it, it's a very, very interesting field. Uh, unless you're the Detroit Pistons, in which case, uh, you get to understand what it's like to be a Royals fan the past six years. That That's, that's the best uh, analogy I can give y'all. Not kidding. That will do it for this week's episode. I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas, enjoys the football over the week, enjoys the break, and we will be back next week for the final show of 2023. It's hard to believe that it's already the end of yet another year, year five of the podcast, coming to an end. Appreciate everybody for listening. What the hell? We will see you all next week. Peace.